Matthew Pollard is the rapid growth guy. He is the best-selling author of the Introvert's Edge book series. and He is the world's number one story sales speaker. Welcome to the show, Matthew. Mate, I'm ecstatic to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, why you do what you do. Uh, well, I guess I'm best known as the rapid growth guy, but really I developed my popularity in the nation or I guess the world by really focusing on helping introverts realize they're not second-class citizens. Their path to success is just different to that of an extrovert. And, you know, for me, I I feel like there's something heroic about a person with enough talent, skill, and belief in themselves to go and start a business of their own. And because I was lucky enough, and I mean, we can talk about how I should not be the one helping because I was the last person that you could ever imagine would ever end up to be successful and be responsible for five multi-million dollar success stories. But now I really spend my life helping other people realize that, the, the key to success is is not by getting better at your functional skill. In a lot of ways, most people that come to me or most people that hear podcasts about how to improve in their in their businesses, they're already amazing at their functional skill. They've spent decades perfecting that art. What they really struggle with is three things outside the scope of their functional skill that really allow them to build a business that revolves around them and their family and their life, not the other way around. And, and that's why I love trying to get people out of their functional skill and really focusing on these three key elements, because if they do that, then they can have the lifestyle that they actually want. And don't get me wrong, there are people listening that probably want to make multi-million dollar businesses. There are a lot of people listening that are probably service providers that want to make just a great six-figure income in a business that rolls around them and their life and their family. And, and a lot of times, because they struggle to articulate their value, they constantly end up in this battle of trying to separate themselves from the other functional service providers, trying to find their people. And they often end up competing on price, which is the worst thing in the world for feeling like you're providing a great service. And then also keeping the respect of your clients, even when you're working with them. I appreciate all that. Give us something personal, Matthew. Well, so if you want to hear something personal, I guess the the most important thing for me is that I guess when a lot of people hear me speak, they, they, they assume that I'm just this natural extrovert that has gift of gab. And I, I think that drives me nuts. I mean, firstly, I'm not the only introvert that has created success. I mean, Zig Ziglar, you know, Oprah Winfrey, David Letterman, you know, I mean, even your favorite character off the Groundhog Day is is an introvert. But for me, I didn't know that. And I think a lot of people don't know this. So for me, when I was in late high school, I had a reading speed of a sixth grader. I was super introverted. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And if it wasn't for losing my job just before Christmas, uh, I would have, I would never be where I am today. I mean, I was the guy that got diagnosed with this thing called Erlen syndrome when I was 16, which basically means I put on this funny pair of colored lenses, which really did not help with the confidence, by the way, especially with my acne and and learned to read. But, you know, I, I hustled for the last two years of my high school career or high school life. And luckily I got into the top 20% of my state, but I, I was lost. And I think my family and I all agreed that I was not going to last in college unless I figured out what I wanted to do. So I spent a year finding myself and I actually took a job at a real estate agency, which worked out great for about three weeks until they shut the office down and I'm out of work again. And so that put me into commission-only sales, which was the only job I could get. I mean, there were three jobs in the paper. I mean, this is Australia at Christmas time, by the way. We take our summer and Christmas break at the same time. I mean, nobody's hiring. And everyone's on holidays from the 20th of December to the 15th to 20th of January. So the only jobs you could get were commission-only sales roles. And here was me 
having no other option and really terrified to tell my father who broke his back 80 hours a week uh, to, I'm out of work, right? So for me, I, I applied for all three jobs and I actually got three job offers and I'm like, oh, maybe they see something in me that I, I don't see in myself. And I was wrong. I, I, I was in my first day of training and I had this chip on my shoulder like, oh, I got three jobs. Everyone else here probably only got offered one. And my manager said, Matt, we, we just hire everybody. Like we, we have this saying, we just throw mud up against the wall and we see what sticks. And that was my birth into the world of, of sales. That and five days product training and getting thrown on this road uh, called Sydney Road in Melbourne, Australia, over a thousand dollars on each side saying, go sell. I didn't even know what to say. I mean, I, I had five days product training, not a single second of sales training. And it was 93 doors before my first sale. It was the worst day in the world. And if you think... Uh, if you think getting told no is the set, is the scariest thing or the worst thing, you're wrong. The the worst ones, I, well, of course, getting sworn at is bad. But my mm. personal favorite was always, why don't you go and get a real job? Any job I could get. And that was why I heard that so often as I slowly approached that 93rd door where I made $70. And I remember being ecstatic for about 45 seconds until I made my second big realization for the day. I'm going to do this again tomorrow. And I think that while I'm sure a lot of people listening aren't uh, going cold calling, they're very used to rejection. They're very used to writing proposals and chasing only to hear that people went with somebody else or they decided to think about it or leave it for now. And you know what I realized was that sales was a system I mean, I had to make that decision that sales was a system because otherwise the rest of my year would have been horrific. And it was that real, that was that discovery that really changed my life. I appreciate that. Do you think that did your reading, did your struggle with reading lead to being an introvert? No, no, no. I, I, I struggled with reading and I, so I have this belief on introversion that everybody has made. I believe that people have made the the idea or the concept of introversion way, way, way too confusing. Maybe there's too many grant dollars out there for it. So for me, I believe that introversion is simple. It's where you draw your energy from. So for me personally, what's interesting is I actually, I mean, I actually taught myself how to sell watching YouTube videos. And every day I would spend eight hours out in the field applying what I learned. I'd spend eight hours at home practicing to get better at at sales and we were working on the thing i i was working on or the next step and you know soon it was 71 doors then it was 43 doors then it was 18 then it was nine i got it down to making a sale on average on average every three doors and i remember my manager pulling me in about six weeks in and i thought i was going to get fired like he had this weird look on his face and he's like matt we just got our national sales figures and it turns out you're the number one salesperson in the company nice it took six weeks but What's weird about that? I mean, I don't know why people think this in sales, but they're like, oh, you can sell, you can manage. So we'll put you in charge of a team. I don't know why people think that. I got thrown 20 people and I'm like, I have no idea how to manage them. And they reminded me, don't worry, mud up against the wall. We'll just see what sticks. Well, no one's stuck. Everyone quit within 24 hours. But I went back to YouTube and I learned to manage. And here's what's interesting. <laughs> I found that when I learned to sell, it was really emotionally tough for me. And therefore, I was exhausted, I was tired, and you could say I was more introverted. Then when I got put into leadership, the same thing. I found it emotionally tolling. I was more introverted in leadership. But as I learned these skills and strategies, I guess you could say I became less introverted. It's all rubbish. I got my energy 
from being by myself. I could charge up by being by myself. And because I didn't have skills and strategies that allowed me to leverage into my natural introverted strengths, and because I didn't know what I was doing, which, I mean, if you don't know what you're doing playing basketball, it's going to be emotionally tolling and exhausting. Then I took more of my energy. So for me, I see introversion as just where you draw your energy from. And I definitely draw my energy by being by myself. Now, that being said, all these external activities take less energy from me because I now have these systems and processes for doing things like that, like podcast interviews that don't take as much, but no, I'm definitely introverted. And while I think that these issues played havoc on my self-confidence, which again, made me feel more discomfort in these scenarios, which of course allowed, led to me feeling like things were taking more energy from me. I also learned strategies in all elements of my life, like surviving Christmas that actually allowed me to take it, it to take less energy from me. But I do see a lot of people that are shy that are also introverted and that's tough. It's worse actually for extroverts that are shy. I mean, they don't want to talk to people and then they need to talk to people and that's tough. That is. That is a bit of a pickle. All right. <laughs> so you've got all these people out there who are really highly skilled with what they do, but they lack or they struggle with three things. What are those three things? Yeah. So I think it really comes down to differentiating yourself so that you have people see you as the only logical choice. You understand that you can't speak to everyone because that's speaking to no one. And therefore you have to niche down to a group of people that see that are really willing to pay you what you're worth. And just so you know, and everybody listening, everybody has something unique and innate about themselves that qualifies them to provide something, not just valuable, but something innate. The, the, your clients and the people you service need, not all of them, but a small group. And don't get me wrong. If you put your, on your website, if you're an accountant and you put on your website, you're a dentist, your current clients are not going to fire you or say, I don't want to work with you anymore. They're going to say, hey, you're a really great accountant. I see on your website, you're a dentist. Can you still work with me? So you're not losing anything by specializing. And I use the word specialize, not saying work exclusively with, by, by niching down. What you are doing, though, is making this group of people feel like you have a specialty, which if you've picked it, you should, and it should be something you're passionate about as well. And for a lot of those introverts listening, we tend to be very practical and logical minded people. Don't pick the practical and logical space. I mean, you can fail at what you don't want. So why not take a chance at what you love? And I promise you, there is nothing worse than a rapid growth business with customers you can't stand in a business you don't like. And I, I can tell you, you really can create a rapid growth business out of anything as long as you have those two steps and of course a, a sales system and i think that a lot of people they really get lost in this so i actually if if, if you're comfortable with the joy i can give you an example to kind of really hone those ideas in right so i think that probably the best example that i i can give is probably Actually, let's think of something that's really commoditized. So like the the market of language coaching. So I remember working with this uh, lady, Wendy, out of California. And if you can think of a commoditized industry, this is it. I mean, when she came to me, she'd been successfully charging $50 to $80 an hour for about a decade. And now, I mean, there were people moving into California willing to charge $30 an hour 
to start their businesses. There were people on Craigslist, thanks to this global economy we now live in, in China offering to do it for $12 an hour. And then there were people that were, you know, I'll teach you Mandarin, you teach me English, we just won't charge anyone anything, thanks Mm. to this technology that's been created out of Silicon Valley. So she comes to me and she's looking for sales advice. And I think a lot of people think their problem is sales when it's actually step one and two. As a matter of fact, I think if you start with sales in a lot of ways, you've kind of already lost because what are you competing on if you're just talking about your functional skill outside price? So I said, what I want to do is show you how to avoid the battle altogether. And what we did is we looked at all the clients she'd worked with. And of, I mean, she worked with hundreds. There were two specifically. And by the way, there is always a group. No matter how many people I work with, the only thing that I've discovered is there's always a group of people that are willing to pay you higher prices, that sing your praises, that pay you what you're worth. It's just you don't recognize them because you're hustling so much to service everybody. So what I discovered is these two people were executives being relocated to China, and she helped them with these three pretty amazing things. The first thing she helped them understand was the difference between e-commerce in China and the Western world. The second was the importance of respect, like handling a business card isn't enough, right? Sorry, learning the language isn't enough. You've got to reduce your accent, how to handle a business card and why it matters so much. And then the third, probably the key actually, was the difference in rapport. Like George, in our Western culture, like we might sit down if we're bad at sales at the end of 45 minutes, say, do you want to move forward if we're doing sales? And if we check in a week later and they still say something like they want to think about it, we know we're not getting that sale. In China, they're going to want to probably meet you four or five, maybe even six times before they even discuss business. They're probably going to want to see you drunk over karaoke once or twice. It's just, I mean, it's just who they are, right? But the difference is they're talking 12, 20, 30-year deals, not one-month, 12-month contracts, right? So it's important to understand that characteristic. And I was like, Wendy, you're doing so much more for these people than just language tuition. What are you doing? And she's like, well, they're just a few things. I'm just trying to help. This is what I mean by getting stuck in your functional scale. I said, is it fair to assume, Wendy, that because of this help that you give them, they're going to be more successful in China? And she's like, I mean, yeah, that's the point, right? So I said, great, let's call you the China success coach then. And we ended up creating what we ended up calling the China success intensive, which was a five-week program that worked with the executive, the spouse, and any children being relocated to China. So this is what I mean by differentiation. But for her, she's like, well, that's great, but who do I sell it to? What she's saying is who do we go networking to meet? And what she's really looking for is a niche. So what I said is, look, who do you think you should sell it to? We always go to the easy answer. Obviously, the executives. That's basically everybody. Okay, that's not really a niche, but I understand what you're saying. I moved from Australia to the United States. That was terrifying. Imagine going to a place doesn't even speak the same language. I get it, but I don't think it's your ideal client. And she's like, well, obviously, it's you know the companies will pay. And I'm like, yeah, they got millions of dollars riding on the executive being successful a lot of the time. Still don't think it's your ideal client. So frustrated, she's like, well, who then? And I said, I just I think it's the immigration attorney. Now she's looking at me like I'm speaking a foreign language. And I said, think about it. These people spend, well, they maybe get paid five to $7,000 to do a visa. That's all the paperwork, all the bureaucracy that comes with that. They got rent to pay, staff to pay, all the costs of getting a client. They'd be lucky to make $3,000. So just offer them $3,000 for a simple introduction. They love the idea that like simple introduction, you know, to double my profit, what have I got to say? And she said, all you've got to do is say, congratulations, you've now got your visa. I just want to double check you're as ready as possible to go to China. And usually you get this really overconfident executive say, yeah, I think we're good. We've got our place sorted, learning the language. Kids are getting pretty good at it too. You know, we've got a you know, visa now. I think we're set. And they, she just had them respond with, there's a lot more to it than that. I think you need to speak to the China success coach. I mean, when you get on the phone with the easiest sale in the world, 
I mean, they were recommended, they were terrified to go, the company was motivated to pay. She charged $30,000 for doing this. Minus the $3,000 commission, she made $27,000 for the easiest sale in the world instead of struggling every day to charge $50 to $80 an hour. And that's that's what I mean. Like for her, she looked at the three things outside the scope of her functional skill. And the higher level benefit was China's success. For me, I'm a branding expert. I'm a social media strategist. You know, I'm a master in NLP. I'm a sales systemization expert. I mean, I could go on and on. Nobody cares. I don't care how hard it was for me to learn these things or how difficult it was, how long it took. But when I say I'm the rapid growth guy and I work and I specialize with introverted service providers, it's the simplicity of that message that gets me heard in the crowd of marketplace. It makes sales easier, networking easier, podcast interviewing easier, everything. I love it. How long did it take you to figure out and how long does it take you to help other people figure out that for themselves? Yes. Yeah, so I will always say it is much, much harder to figure it out for yourself. And for the people listening, you don't, I'm not saying this because I want you to hire me. I, I'm saying this because you need somebody's help, but I would highly recommend, I, I can give you a template that you can do at matthewpollard.com forward slash growth. There you can download a five-step process that you should do with someone else. So get them to listen to this podcast, this story, so they understand what they're doing and spend an hour working on them and get them to spend an hour working on you. Now, this should be, if you're a florist, don't work with another florist. If you're an accountant, don't work with another accountant because you've got to get yourself out of your functional skill. But the reason I'm saying this is for me, I mean, it took me months is a fair understanding. And in fairness, the concept of unified messaging, the rapid growth guy didn't exist before I created. What I found is there was nothing really for you to say at a networking event. When somebody asked you what you do, you'd say, I'm an accountant. And then that would lead straight to a conversation on price or that they didn't need an accountant. Like if I say I'm a sales trainer, people look at me like I'm one step above a scam artist. If I say I'm in marketing, they're like, oh, I need marketing. How much do you cost? It's horrible. So for me, I had I wanted to come up with something different that I could say. And then when people responded with, what's that? Which is kind of the expectation. I could then talk, by the way, not an elevator pitch. I hate elevator pitches, but I could respond with my passion and my mission for serving. And we can talk about that if we get time. But the framing that I want people to listen to here is that if they do this template, I mean, I did this at a national freelance conference, nearly 200 people in the room. And at the end, I said, look, do me a favor, put your hand up if you now believe you've got a unified message that will excite and inspire people to want to know more, and you've got a niche of willing to buy clients. And I mean, 97% of the room put their hands up, which sounds great until I said, you know, do me a favor, keep your hands up if this is the most time that you've spent actively working on your marketing. And I say actively because most people are used to reading books, churning through them, listening to podcasts and doing nothing. So if you do this to this podcast, I am not going to be ecstatic that you say that you got a great outcome listening to my podcast. But if you say, I downloaded the template at matthewpollard.com forward slash growth, I applied that template. I worked with a buddy of mine that wasn't in my industry and I came up with these answers, I will be ecstatic. 85% of the room put their hands up, kept their hands up, I should say, when I asked, is this the most active time? I mean, the whole session was only 90 minutes long. So the key is this works if you spend the time doing it. And I say, if you allocate two hours, an hour to work on your buddy and an hour for them to work on you, you will be miles ahead if not having the exact answers that you need. The problem is that people don't actually spend the time doing this stuff. We think about it, we think about it, we think about it. We really ought to do that. We know we should do that, but yes, to actually download it, get a copy of the book, go to the website, find somebody that's not in your industry to have the conversation with. Everything you want, Matthew, is right there. Just It's just right there. Well, that's the important thing. And I, I think that 
for me, I, I've spent my my life trying to get people the answers. I mean, the the two books that you see behind you, I mean, they've sold over 100,000 copies, which is I'm ecstatic with. But the number one thing that I hear when people respond to me is, you know, your book changed my life. And I say, well, how did it change your life? Like, I'm ecstatic to hear that it changed your life. But how? Like, you know, what? You know, what story, you know, how have you structured your system? You know, your networking structure. So you're not being transactional and not being doing that elevator pitch. Although I haven't really got it structured the, the, the way you've highlighted yet. That is usually the response that I get. And I'm like, okay, well, what stories are you telling in sales and networking? Oh, I haven't really structured stories the way you're talking about it yet. And I'm like, well, how exactly has it changed your life? And like, well, just knowing I can excel as an introvert in sales, in networking, that's changed my life. And I'm like, well, it hasn't changed your life because you're not doing it. You're not you're not applying the strategies in the systems, which drives me nuts because in both of my books, which, by the way, for the people listening, this isn't a pitch for my book. You don't have to buy my books. My, my publisher hates me when I say this, by the way. But if you go to theintrovertsedge.com, you can download the first chapter of the sales book, and it will literally give you the full seven steps of a sales process. And it will also get you over the fact that you think you can't sell as an introvert because most of the best people in the world at sales are introverted. I know that's kind of counterintuitive. It also happens to be true. So if you go there, you'll learn that if you just grab the headings out of the first chapter, put what you currently say into it, you'll realize some things don't fit. Throw that out. You shouldn't be saying that to customers. You'll realize some things are out of order. Fix that. And then you'll realize there's some gaping holes. Fill those gaps. You'll double your sales in the next 60 days. And by the way, you can get the introvert's edge to networking first chapter at the introvert's edge to networking.com. But the reason why I'm saying this is that people that reach out to me, that a lot of them are telling me that the books have changed their life. But the books have a free video implementation training in the back. So it's not only here's what to do and here's how to do it, but here's a video implementation training in the back to walk you through step-by-step. Step. It's totally for free. I mean, Global Gurus listed the training in the back of the introvert's edge in their top five sales programs in the world. It just is, happens to be the only one under $5,000 and it's free. Yet people don't do it because they want to think that, Yes, it's nice to know I can. It's changed my life, but I don't take action. So for the people listening, here's the thing that I want you to understand. The reason why this stuff doesn't work for you, the reason why you can't is you've actually spent no time trying. And it kills me to hear that. So I want to hear about your success stories, but I want to hear how you downloaded the matthewpollard.com forward slash growth template, you worked with someone and you got to an amazing outcome. You know, how you doubt, how you read the book, you did the implementation training and it changed your life not changed your mindset, but changed your life. And to do that, you have to take the concepts and actually apply them into your life. Amen. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for coming on. Give us the websites again. Well, thank you for having me on firstly. And look, for those people listening, I mean, yes, you can obviously check me out on pretty much every social media. I put a ton of free content on YouTube because that's what taught me. Uh, but yeah, I would suggest just go to matthewpollard.com forward slash growth, to download that template, and then download you know the first chapters of the book at theintrovertsedge.com and theintrovertsedge2networking.com. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Matthew your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to MatthewPollard.com. It's Matthew, P-O-L-L-A-R-D.com. Um, check out the Introvert's Edge book series as well. Take advantage of the first chapter and the templates that Matthew's been talking about. And don't fall victim to to humanity or to human programming and simply think this was great and then not take action, be in the small percentage of people that actually take and apply these things and follow through on everything that Matthew's been talking about and actually do change your life for the better. Thanks again, Matthew.
My pleasure. Till next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.